Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Are you ready? Then brace yourself. Let's go. It's time for the Bill Kasky Podcast, a weekly show carefully crafted to help you grow your skills and your results in business. Now, here's your host, Bill Kasky. Uh, we're speaking today, by the way, with Jason Leister. You can find out more about him. He publishes a daily journal at incomparableexpert.org. Go take a look. He has all the or the last few uh, journals up there. Go take a look, and I think you really like it. You should subscribe to it. So here is one thing that you talked about early about this, this notion of email and the purpose of email. And I noticed that when you send your emails on a daily basis, everyone brings some kind of value and sometimes that value is just causing you to ask yourself a question that's a little bit deeper than how do I make more money? It's, it's, yeah. al- it's always deeper than that. And so when I, what is one of my uh, pet peeves that whenever I hear a marketer say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do an email blast. I always feel like, man, you've missed it. You've just flat missed it. An email blast, usually the way that sounds is something written by the marketing department. It holds very little truth. It holds very little value. It's not serving anybody but you who's hoping to sell from the email blast. And I, I like what you said about email. It, it, you should take your time with these emails and really get real with them and, and go deep and really understand who you are so that you can express it in email or whatever platform you're talking about. Yeah. And I would even go further in that the whole reason I write those things is not to get any one particular person to do any one particular thing. I have given up the idea of I'm going to write to Bill today and try to get him to buy my thing. Now, granted, a lot of the people that I work with and help are trusted advisor kind of role people. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's only even more important if all you do is sell for a living, because if you can earn that position in a buyer's mind and heart, you're way ahead of the game. And the only reason, the only way that you can earn that position is to truly not want anything from them. Yeah. Like, or not need anything from them. I don't need you to buy this. I want you to buy this because here's how your life could change if you do. I always, I kind of liken it to the idea of being a train. I talk about this all the time because the energy is, is simple for people to understand. The train pulls up to the platform. There are people that get on. There are people that get off. The train waits for a little, and then the train pulls away. The train doesn't follow up. It doesn't reach out. It doesn't check in. (laughs) It doesn't go off the tracks chasing you down. Because the train has a destination that's bigger than any one passenger. And I think that people can feel that when you sell that to yourself. First of all, you have to know what that destination is for you. And the moment you figure that out and you really actually believe it, then John's individual story, John the prospect or Susie, it ceases to have the same emotional turbulence as it used to. You kind of don't care 
but not in a bad way. It's not an attitude that you're putting off. No, right. It's, a, we, it's, a, it's an emotional detachment. That's exactly what we call it. We call it detachment in our practice. And it doesn't mean disengagement. It doesn't mean I don't want to work with you. It doesn't. It just means that life will go on. I want to help you solve your problems and accomplish your vision. But if you don't choose me or I don't choose you, that's fine. I mean, we can't get, of course, my clients, I like to think they think a little bit more transcendent than the average person, but a lot of organizations I go into, there's this need and desperation and anxiety for every deal. And it just sets up and you called it, it's, it's all based on fear, fear of what will happen if I don't get the business, fear of getting fired, fear of whatever. I always say, don't bring your fear into the prospect relationship. They got enough of their own. They don't need yours to deal with. I think the energy that so many salespeople take into the selling situation is, it's not obviously spoken in words, but it's basically, I need this thing outside of my control to do this certain thing so that I can be okay. (laughs) I mean, that's a recipe for misery. It's true. At every level, because I mean, you can apply this to your relationships with loved ones, your family, everything. Like, like I said, I don't think there's no difference to me between business and not business. Yeah. I, I've heard, uh, I follow a guy named Sadhguru. Do you know who he is? I don't know that name. No. Okay. He's a Indian, uh, yogi mystic. And okay. he says, you know, we all hate the notion of slavery. We just, it, it, we just abhor it. We just totally, we just don't like it yet. When we operate from a position of need and want, we are actually slaves to what someone else gives us as an answer. We become a slave to a yes or to a no. And so you might think nobody controls you. And he says, of course, people control you if you if you have that as your initial attitude is I want something from them. So Simmons wrote a book, said the easiest way to get something is to not want it. He didn't say it wasn't the title of the book. And it's kind of what you're saying a little bit. That's right. The funniest thing about human nature is that we, because of training or because of who we are at a deeper level, I don't even know, we find someone, an amazing person who doesn't need us to be extremely attractive. (laughs) That's right. So this route actually gets you what you want by asking you to give up what you want for the greater cause, but you end up with what you want. That's right. Hey, let's talk in the time we have left here today. And by the way, as, as I said earlier, I'm talking with Jason Leister. You can find out more about Jason at incompareableexpert.com. If you missed the first part of the interview, I, I relayed my the value I put on Jason's words and his uh, just his thinking. And, philo- and I would just call it philosophy because I think, I think a lot of organizations lack philosophy, and this is really a core truth philosophy. What, what do you, would you say to people who maybe are listening to this and they know they need to be producing some kind of content, some kind of truthful content that helps them serve prospects so that when that prospect is ready and inclined to reach out, they know you and, and trust you. And, and, and for those people who say, well, that's not my job. That, that's a marketing department's job. Kind of getting back to what you talked about, the isolation, the silos between sales and marketing. How would you advise someone who has that thought, yep, I need to be doing it, but it's really not my job. How, how would you advise them to get out of that thinking? I think someone who has that thinking has reduced their capacity to affect reality down to something little more important than a widget in someone else's machine. If this isn't my job to do X, Y, and Z, but that other person's job is influential in the result I want to create, then for me to abdicate that responsibility 
only hurts me. Yeah. How about we step up and actually assume true responsibility for, and here's where I've shifted my thinking over the years, for helping your buyer sell him or herself on you. There's no reason that every salesperson in the world can't provide everything required to have that happen. So then one of like a step one there is to what? Is it to organize your value in a way that causes you to think, okay, what what would be the steps or the process or what would be the components that my prospect would need to... Well, so, so my approach is usually to give first without want, right? So what does that look like? That looks like you, first of all, knowing who you're trying to serve, not so you know, like which lists to buy or which call sheets to use. It's so that you truly understand at a very deep level, what's going on inside them. You know, in one of my trainings, I make this silly example of like this, these overweight animals wanting to hire a personal trainer, but the one doesn't want to get made fun of at the dog park. And the other one wants to live to see his, you know, 12th birthday. (laughs) They're buying the same thing for, but they're really buying two different things. So we need to develop this understanding of who we're trying to serve so that we truly understand the problems from their perspective that they're experiencing. And once that's true, then we ask ourselves, what type of vehicle, newsletter, podcast, publication, whatever, that happens on a consistent basis, could I possibly create that would either provide a little, even a little bit of relief or direction or insight or empowerment to address this problem? I'm going to do it on a consistent basis because when things happen as you promise the world that they will happen, transforms their perception of what you have from marketing material to something different. Yeah. Deeper. Yeah. Because they know it's coming. They're okay with it coming. And now it's yours to mess up or to use for great things. So, you know, so I would start doing that with way more people than you could ever sell. Yeah. So uh, I'm just, I'm looking, I'm staring up into the distance here thinking about, okay, I like that. And then when a guy like me shows up to train a sales team and my first question is, well, well, tell me about the circumstance that your customer is in right now in the absence of your product. I usually get, I, I get something, but it's usually a one-liner. Well, we help, we help people uh, save money and expand their possibilities. Yeah. And like, would, you, like, okay. would you say that if you were trying to help your grandmother? Like, of course <laughs> you wouldn't. And you wouldn't talk about her that way because you would view her as a human being. There are all these like artificial constructs that have been built up over the years for these weird lenses through which we view humans just like we are. And so the work to me is to get rid of all that and understand that Jane over there wakes up every day scared to death to go to work as the CEO because her team doesn't respect her. That problem ripples into every area of Jane's life at home, internally, with her relationships, with her, the achievements that she wants for her company and her personally. And so it's developing this like multidimensional understanding of who the human is. Because then when you go talk to them, you can't undo that level of empathy that you've worked That's on. That's right. That's right. So what you're saying here, uh, and just to finish up, you're just saying, get, get really more acquainted and familiar with the human behind the role. If it's a buyer or a purchasing agent or CEO, just try to understand that they have a life apart from this. And if you can if you can understand that, I'm not saying use it, I'm not saying tap into it. I'm just saying understand their circumstances and speak a little bit more to that. 
you will transcend then this notion of, yeah, here comes, here comes Brian. He's the rep for, you know, XYZ company. And instead, here comes Brian. Every time he comes in, I feel better. Every time he comes in, I get better. If we can transform people that way, whether it's email, podcast, or face-to-face visits, they're not going to want to get rid of us. They're going to want us to be around and it's going to be much more attractive. And it's to provide for them during the experience of quote unquote prospecting, an experience that it's to make it clear to the world that even if you're selling the same product that 12 other people sell, they will not get the exact same experience of that by choosing anyone else. The onus to prove that is on you. And you prove that by everything I've been talking about, the understanding, the media platform, the, you know, you're showing up in a way that transcends all of your competition. And that's not something that you can buy with ad dollars. Like you have to earn it. Yeah. Take some work. Yeah. Jason, I really appreciate your time today. I would love to do this again sometime in the future. I, I feel like we just scratched the surface as the radio host always says. But <laughs> I'm, uh, I do think we've just scratched it. And I would encourage anybody listening to this to, to go to incompareableexpert.org, sign up for your uh, daily journal. And I think, I think you will leave all each of those with a much better understanding and appreciation for what you need to do to serve people better and to help yourself too. So do you have any parting, parting words of, of wisdom for us today? Well, just for anybody who thinks this all sounds very soft and still has bills to pay to understand that over the years, that's how I started out too. I thought I had to do all this nice feel good stuff, but then when it came push to, you know, when push came to shove, I had to feed my kids. And it took me a while to figure out how these things go together so that you do all this work, you get a system like this going and you start getting calls coming in where no selling is required. They're just ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's worth the work. That's good. Once again, Jason, thanks for being uh, here. And I look forward to my next trip to Sedona when it's sunny and 75, not 20 <laughs> below and 60 inches of snow on the ground. But I don't blame you for that. I do not. <laughs> Your chances are good for some. <laughs> See you, man. Thank you. If you want more Caskey, go to BillCaskey.com and you can get on his list or set up a time to speak live. And make sure you share this episode with your tribe, too.